Hello, I'm Janice Connolly, the Artistic Director of Women in Theatre, and I'm very, very pleased to welcome you to the Women in Theatre podcast. In this series, we present monologues from our Women and Work trilogy. Developed from conversations with women of different ages and backgrounds, these pieces we hope respect and celebrate individual human stories about women's working lives. You're about to hear Mel, written by Charlene James and performed by Jale Alazade. This monologue was part of our show Starting Out that explored the reality of five young women entering the world of work in 2016. We recommend you listen to all of the Starting Out podcasts and then listen to the discussion episode afterwards, where I talk to four young women looking for work in 2020. We really hope you enjoy. You are a proud peacock. You are a beautiful peacock. Stand tall. I'm in the disabled toilet, looking in the mirror, channeling my spirit animal. You have the power to get through this with elegance and grace. You are a proud peacock. You are a beautiful peacock. Stand tall. I'm absolutely shitting myself. I go over to the hand dryer and attempt to dry the sweat patches that are rapidly spreading under my arms. Not my greatest look. I take the paper out of my pocket to practice for the fourth time this morning. Even though I know the words off by heart, I hold the paper tightly in front of me and my clammy hands begin to smudge the ink. I wonder if Obama ever paced around like this, sweating uncontrollably. I wonder if he rehearsed to an empty soap dispenser in the disabled loo of the White House before he had an important speech to give. Probably not. It's only 8.45. I contemplate whether I should just wait it out in here for 15 minutes. I have everything I need in here. A toilet, running water, my phone, cake. My mum made a cake. I know, it's embarrassing. A carrot cake with cream cheese frosting. She thought it would be a nice way to say thank you to everyone for giving me this opportunity. I think about licking the top of the cake and then looking into the eyes of each person as they eat it. But I am a peacock and peacocks act with grace. My parents don't know it's been torture here. I leave the house each morning with a big smile and a wave for them, trying to restore some confidence that I'm not a university dropout that's going to be living with them until they die. It's only when I get to the end of the road that the smile fades and I crumple to the ground. I have to give myself the pep talk that I can make it through another day as an apprentice at Jackson and Klein. I see the neighbours look out the window at me like she's having a morning meltdown and I drive again. My parents were really proud and probably relieved that I got this apprenticeship so soon after quitting uni. I think there was a genuine moment where they thought I was going to be one of those kids that stay in all day watching Come Dine With Me and eating cheese strings. But I was determined to pay them the university money they didn't get back. I was sick of Dad joking that he could have gone to Barbados three times over with that money. I was going to pay them back and make something of myself. There's a knock at the toilet door. I'm not expecting anyone. There's someone in here. Mel, is that you? Yes. It's Ian. I saw you walk in and I know you're busy in there, but I was just wondering if you could just look at this file. Um, I'm in the toilet. Yeah, no, obviously when you've finished, of course. I've sent you a message, so if you could check your emails as soon as you can, that'd be amazing. I think Neil's on the hunt for you too. 
You've been a while in there. Is everything okay? Now I can't even do a pee in private without Ian asking me to just have a look at this or Jack needing me to drop by and sort out that. None of which come under my job responsibility. And at first, you know, I didn't mind. They said there'd be a job at the end, so I wanted to impress them. I wanted to show that I could handle whatever they threw at me, and they've thrown a lot at me. I wanted them to need me. I wanted to prove to my friends who were still at uni that I could get a good job. Yeah, but who's going to give you a good job without a degree? When you end up working in McDonald's, can you give us free food? I knew what I had to do. Work harder, be better younger and get there quicker. I worked way more hours than I was supposed to, but no one ever said anything. When Ian, Jack and Sarah were putting on their coats to go home, I realised that I was doing their workload and not being recognised or thanked for it. And they were the ones who'd be getting paid for it. I knew apprenticeship money was never going to be amazing money. I wouldn't be buying Prada purses or going to the clubs making it rain with my wads of cash or anything. But when you get a pay slip that tells you that all that extra work you've been doing, all that overtime you've put in, is only worth £2.80 an hour, it makes you angry. I was working all those extra hours but not being paid for them. So there were times where I'd have to ask my mum to drop me to work because I couldn't afford the train fare that week. Or I'd have to skip lunch because I didn't have enough money to buy food. I knew I was worth more than £2.80 an hour. Nicole texts me. You're worth a million. Good luck telling them today. Heart, 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 heart. Smiley face, winking devil, dancing peacock. Nicole works on reception. She's amazing. She's been there for five years and doesn't take shit from anyone in the office. I wish I could be more like her. Her spirit animal would definitely be a wolf. She took me for lunch once, and over a baked potato, I said I was thinking of asking for a pay rise. She told me that I'd been there long enough to qualify, and that I had to grab what I want because no one is going to just give it to me. That made me feel good about going into my appraiser with Graham. He told me that I'd been doing a stellar job and that I was one of the best apprentices they'd had. So that made me confident in asking for the pay rise that I felt I deserved. As soon as I mentioned it, he got all fidgety and red in the face. You've done a really great job so far, but I don't think you're quite ready for that pay rise just yet. I think there are still areas that you need to improve on. So let's talk about how you're doing at the next appraisal. I left the office with a sick feeling in my stomach. What more would I have to do to be worthy of a few extra pounds? I hated the feeling of having no power of knowing I was being used as cheap labour, of going home and telling my mum everything was great and I was learning so much when I hated every second of being there. I'm glad I could talk to Nicole, or vent it all to Nicole, and she listened. My last appraisal, I couldn't hold back the tears as I left Graham's office. Nicole took my hand and got me out of there. We stood in the glamorous setting of the car park, her giving me tissue after tissue as I just sobbed about how the job that they'd promised me didn't even exist. They had no job for me there once my year was over, but they would consider keeping me on if I wanted to do an advanced apprenticeship. They'd exploited me for nearly a year and I had nothing at the end to make it all worth it. I wanted to quit right there and then, 
But Nicole reminded me that if I didn't finish the year, I wouldn't get my qualifications. I had two months left. She said that I should start looking for jobs so as soon as I was qualified, I could walk into a job that I deserved. It was so nerve-wracking filling out the job applications, all the questions about education and qualifications. I just felt like no one would take a chance on me because I hadn't stuck it out at university. But Nicole made me realise how talented I was, how much I'd learnt at the office and how much I had to give. She said a company would be crazy not to take me on. So I persevered, I filled out the forms and I got a few interviews. I couldn't believe it. I got called into interview rooms because those employers wanted to take a chance on me. I look at my watch and then into the mirror and tell myself one last time, you are a proud peacock. You are a beautiful peacock. It's time. Stand tall. I walk out of the toilet and head towards Graham's office. Neil pounces. I escape and leave him mumbling about recovering Excel sheets and transferring files. I see Nicole sat at reception. She flashes me a wide smile. I take out the cake tin and put it on a desk. What's this? She opens it. A carrot cake with cream cheese frosting. And with a Skittles message I added on the train this morning. That reads, thank you. Now it's my turn to give her a tissue. I take a deep breath and knock on Graham's door. It's been a year and a day since I started my apprenticeship here. And today it's my last day. I'm getting my qualifications. This is my last meeting with Graham who thinks I'm a great worker, but not great enough to treat me well or pay me what I deserve. He'll have that stupid grin on his face as he tells me to sit down and tries to persuade me to stay here doing an advanced apprenticeship. Another year of cheap labour. I won't sit down. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to stand up for myself. I only wish I'd done it sooner. Talk to someone about it. I wish I hadn't been embarrassed about seeming like a failure. But now I know I'm not. I filled in that application form and someone took a chance on me. I walked into that interview and walked out with a job. I can't wait to see Graham's face when I tell him that I start work as an employee at a brand new company. I'm going to be respected and valued like anyone else on the team and I cannot wait for that. I can't wait to pay my mum and dad back. Maybe even buy them a trip to Barbados. Or at least a bottle of rum so they can get drunk and pretend they're in Barbados. I spoke to a few friends who have done apprenticeships and they had brilliant experiences. They felt nurtured and supported and even got jobs at the end of it. So I know apprenticeships can be brilliant things. Just a shame I got a bad one. I learnt so many new skills that I'm taking with me to my new job though and I've learnt a lot about myself over this year. I learnt that I can be strong and that it's important to have my voice heard. Graham yells. Come in! I open the door. He's going to hear me. I stride in like a peacock. <laughs> for listening we hope you enjoyed this podcast and if you know someone who you think would benefit and enjoy listening why not share it with them also rating and reviewing the podcast will help us find more listeners mel was written by charlene james and performed by jale alazade it was directed by joe gleave and sound design was by sam frankie fox and the podcast was recorded at brum podcast studios 
the Women in Theatre podcast is funded by Arts Council England, the Sir Barry Jackson Trust, the Feeney Trust, the Cole Charitable Trust and The Space. It was originally part of the stage production Starting Out, produced in association with Birmingham Repertory Theatre. This is a free podcast from Women in Theatre. We're a charity and if you'd like to support the work we do, you can make a donation by visiting our website womenintheatre.co.uk forward slash supporters. Mm-hmm.